listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. So this is part two of our two-part series with Kevin and Micah. So if you did not listen to the previous episode where they discussed how they built an ADU at their house in Sloan's Lake, I'd recommend starting there because this property we're talking about, which is a single family home that they pop the top on, um, their timelines overlap. And I think there's a lot, of less, a lot of other things that overlap as well. So Kevin, Micah, good to have you guys back. Thank you, thank you. you. So we're going to talk about this deal. And then also, I know Micah Wright, I think pretty soon after we close on this, you made a transition from a W-2 to a real estate agent career, and also just doing that in full-time, running your guys' portfolio as well. So a lot of other people are thinking about that same career change. I want to dig into that after we talk about the property. Sounds good. All right, so the loop in the timelines, because if people listen to the last one, uh, right around the summer of 2019, you guys were were making progress in ADU. And then you went under contract on this house. Yes. Um, so paint us a picture, you guys. You know, we you got the ADU, two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. Exactly. And then you decided to take on another big, fairly big construction project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's the thought process here? Oh boy, what was the thought process? Um, we wanted to buy something before you left your W two job. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was um, take advantage of the financing, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And that that's was... a very valid reason. It was, um, and I'm not going to yeah. call it short sighted because it's worked out, but uh, pretty stressful, pretty stressful move. Um, and the project uh, that we took on definitely was a little bit bigger than we anticipated, and ended up being the biggest construction project that we had ever managed. Bigger than the ADU? Much bigger than the ADU. Oh. Uh, And I would say, you know, when you add existing conditions and a really old house, the ADU was a brand new ground up build Hmm. on a a flat lot. And when you add in a 110, 15, 20 year old house that you're, as your foundation, that changes things for sure. All right, so this is a property you guys bought in, it was actually officially May. It was closed, all right? So May 2019 Mm -hmm. in the West Highlands. Um, You know, from outside standard, just, you know, brick house we see all over Denver. Uh, But it was not habitable at the time time viewing, time of closing. Uh, I think, I mean, what, I think a wholesaler had sold it a few, uh, four months or six months before some investors and somewhere in the partnership, I think it just went off the rails. And it was just, you know, gas was turned off. I think the water was turned off, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just the kitchen was gutted. I mean, most of the house was gutted. Uh, what would you add on there kind of paint the picture for the audience? Uh, I know there was a roll-off, a, a, roll-off, a full roll-off that had been sitting in front of the house for close to a year, if not over a year. Oh, yeah. I remember the neighbors love that. For the mm-hmm. neighbors, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think you you painted the picture there. The um, just to kind of reiterate, the the previous owners were out of state investors that owned in an LLC, um, and they paid probably a little bit too much for it a year before. I think we saw that they had something crazy like twenty four percent interest on hard money. Oh yeah, remember, yeah, that hard money loan rate was insane. Yeah, or carrying costs there. Yeah, and yeah. ultimately they ended up. Um, 
I think, listing for less than they bought it for, plus all of those carrying costs. So they were um, motivated and financially strained. And they had to bring money to the closing table as well to get the deal done, I think. Was that one of the reasons closing got delayed? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. wasn't a massive amount, but he, I think he oh. showed up without it. I think it was just, yeah, surprising. I didn't know it wasn't. Yeah, it was, I mean, have it, yeah. in the grand scheme of real estate, it was a couple bucks, but it's yeah. still like... It was... You usually don't expect to bring a check to the table when you're selling a house. Yeah. Right. Right. And so... Because um, I remember some... some late night text or early morning text one that was like, like oh yeah. yeah yeah we had to we reached out to our attorney because yeah. technically we had fallen out we we showed up and we um signed everything but uh they weren't able to to close so we had fallen out of contract technically but yeah. took another i think 10 days or so to to get it all buttoned up okay and one of the things I forgot to mention about the the house uh, that made a really cool way is when you walk up to the walk up the front patio, you know, go up a couple steps, you got the main entrance of the house, and then it's just to the left of the front door, right? There's other steps going down to an exterior entrance to the basement. Correct. And which comes into the plan here, which is then basically a whole separate mother-in-law suite or income suite where it was just a great layout. Yep. I, I think we mentioned maybe on the last episode that we've done or we had done three up down duplexes Mm -hmm. so we carried a lot of that thinking through here with the intention of it being a short-term rental in the basement instead of a you know second long-term unit yep and you guys were buying this was your next house act you're buying um your next primary right yep Yep. (laughs) once once the renovations were done so you're doing that plus gonna pop the top Mm -hmm. yes so um how did the construction project go? Because I did, I know it did not go as planned. I know it was the biggest construction project, which uh, I'm very curious to hear about after the ADU story now. Yeah. So I don't know where to start on there. So, yeah. <laughs> so, a couple of things, I guess. The, um, you know, after spending some time in the house, we, it was a decent size before we popped the top. It was about 2,400 square feet. Um, it had an attached garage that we always envisioned in closing into like a rec space, but um, having two kids, we we really wanted a little bit more living space as opposed to you know shoving three bedrooms on the main floor. Um, so the scope changed, I guess, is what I'm I'm trying to say. After we had closed on the property, and so we had all of our construction financing in place, which allowed for I, I want to say it was like one hundred and forty thousand dollars in renovation budget and. Um, you know, after thinking that through, it didn't necessarily work for us. And so we we decided to go ahead and pop the top, which obviously the budget changes with that. Um, and so it took us a couple months to shop for an architect. We found one. That process took probably three months to get plans ready to be submitted to the city. Um, so I think it was probably... I want to say October, November of 19 that we submitted. And um, overall, it was relatively smooth getting those permits pulled. Um, I acted as as GC on this project, which I I don't know that I would ever do again. It did save us um, considerably, but I felt like I had a decent amount of experience having just come off of um, the ADU getting done. And actually, the GC that we worked for, um, for the ADU, uh, was gracious enough to kind of consult with me. So it wasn't completely hmm. flying blind. And the ADU wasn't fully done, actually, at that time. There was a little bit of an overlap. Just yeah. A bit, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, 
I think finally January of 2020, we pulled our permits and uh, started construction. And because I remember the original plan was there is that uh, uh, how much square footage you had to the top, like when you when you pop the top, because I'm I can visualize the room up there, but I can't recall dimensions. Like how much square footage you had add up there? I think it's about 700 square feet. Um, so we did two bedrooms and a bathroom, and then there's a playroom and a laundry room up there. You put all wow. Mm-hmm. And where did the staircase come down? Because I remember that was something that was yes. Um, I never. That was not clear when we closed on the property and left is quite where the staircase was going to go. We we were actually going to try and re, just refinish the attic. That was yeah. the initial plan. So we just needed to get something up there because it was going to be a den and a family room and kind of a living space. Um, but then when we decided to do the pop, those stairs... Had to move. It, yeah. They ended up stacking against the existing stairs that went down to, into the basement on the back side of the house. Okay, so just, okay, that that makes the most sense. Yeah. Okay. Best so, way to conserve the space. And it worked yeah. that well from a functional standpoint to do it that way. Um. Yeah. Good I'm, enough. Yeah, I'm smiling because we just um, got our permits finaled out, and that was the one thing that we had to get an exception on. Um, they had to give us a little bit of a, a break because it was a little tight back there. But And they thankfully did because yes. uh, building a new staircase over a quarter of an inch would have been a real, real bummer. Right. Oh, it was a quarter of an inch. It was, well, yeah. glad that worked out. Yes, yes. yes. that would have been a very expensive quarter of an inch. Yes, it would. Yeah, you lose your uh, ability to be grandfathered in if you reconstruct any portion of existing stairs. So note to self or other listeners. Don't touch the stairs if you don't have to. Okay. So when did, okay, so you started the, uh, you said in January you started the construction, right? Mm-hmm. What was that process like? And was it, once you kind of got the new plans for popping the top, you said it's the hardest project. Like what, what made it so difficult? Like what are the lessons that we can learn from here, from your, from your experience? I think the prior experience we either had hired a gc or we had worked with other partners that were builders themselves and so we were somewhat sheltered from a lot of the 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 actual construction process like i'm great at shopping for materials and uh, decent at making things look nice when it's all said and done but you know doing a a takeoff for a, a, a lumber order for the framers, that was something that was completely uncharted territory and shopping um, to get all of those numbers and then working with all of the the mechanical, electric, um, plumbing, um, getting all of those bids together and, and contracting that work was just something that I, I didn't necessarily appreciate and ultimately kind of wore me down, <laughs> um, just managing the day-to-day there. But it, it worked out and... Um, like I said, the the GC that consulted with me was really helpful. Okay. And what did you end up doing for HVAC in there? Because I remember that was, yeah. I remember walking the property and there was that antique boiler in the basement. Yeah. Uh, it's like it might come alive and scare your children. Yes. The one yes. out of the burbs. Yes. Um, we ended up with two two systems. And so we did a furnace in the attic and one in the basement for the basement unit. That way there's separate temperature control for that. Unit. Okay, so the basement's separate from the main floor and the or the uh, second floor now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
And yeah. so your original scope of work was about 140,000 to remodel it and, you know, build that, you know, because this was a gut job and then to refinish the attic. What was it like with popping the top? We thought that we could do it for, you know, just over 200 was the goal. <laughs> um, we still blew the budget and part of it was by design. We realized along the way that in order to reach the ARV that we wanted, we would need to build our, our two-car garage sooner rather than later, which was not necessarily part of the initial plan. We had um, just built at, at the previous property, the one, uh, part one of this podcast series, uh, that was the first time that we had had a garage in a few years. And so the thought of going without a garage after we had just had one for six months was really painful. So we decided to go ahead and pull that project forward and and add that in. So is that on the back of the lot? Yeah. So what you do with that old one car garage, the original one car garage at that, at the back basement portion of the property, still there, still there, still attached. Uh, now a rec room, well, okay. a rec room in the making with a, uh, a gorgeous, uh, full, uh, four pane slider that walks out onto a finished patio. Oh, nice. And I did like a 12 foot glass door. Um, okay. So you added the, the two car garage and then that's the patio you're talking about. Right. And then you mentioned something else too, to hit the ARV you did. Oh, and sod. Sod worked in your ARV? Oh, no. I mean, oh, just, okay. the, just the landscaping. I yeah. think we did like a, we did a patio that has, um, like the river stone and, and set. I don't know what the technical terms are for that, but. It looks nice out there. We had to do quite a bit of landscaping um, to kind of make it work for us. Okay. Great. So give us the layout. Paint, paint me a picture here. So you got the main floor, which has your, you know, your family living room, kitchen, bathroom. I think there was one bedroom on the main floor, right? The master suite. The master suite. Okay. And then you added two bedrooms upstairs, two beds and bath upstairs, and that's the laundry for the, the top unit up there as well. Yep. Right. What the basement? What'd you do with the basement? Because then that was, I remember before they did, there's already a kitchen down there, which they tore out and it was just a big empty space. So right. what'd you have to do with the basement? We wanted options with the basement. And so um, how we have it is that it can be a two one down there with a, a full kitchen and a living space, or it can be a one bedroom um, rental. And with COVID right now and both of us working from home, we, we kind of need the bedroom down there for our office space. Yep. Um, but we have it situated that we can either open up the doors. We can lock it off basically to have the two bedrooms available to rent out or uh, just one. And lock it off at with in the basement or at the staircase? In the basement. Okay. So, so, so one of the bedrooms has two, two doors office. into it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then they could just come through their separate entrance mm -hmm. and they wouldn't, you know, you know, impact you and your family's day-to-day -day life then. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so did you ever, I guess you never, have, have you Airbnb'd it yet or anything? Hopefully this month. We'll Ooh. see. That's the goal. We're ready. We just got photos back and um, trying to get it off the ground for tax reasons. And permits fi uh, final last week yep. or the week before. So, yeah. Uh, by the way, we just closed that entire project out this past week with permits and everything. So, well, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. 
And so what was the takeout financing like on this place? I mean, the whole thing, did you hit your ARV, takeout financing, how did all that come out together? Yeah, so the we did a straight construction loan on this that we knew that we would have to refinance out of. Um, we basically how it worked out is that the the um, full value of the construction loan was um, five seventy five. We had to put twenty percent down on our initial purchase, and so that was what the the takeout financing was also. And so we got a conventional loan. Um, for five hundred and seventy-five, rate and term. Yep, rate and term refi um, at two point eight seven five percent, and that covered all of the the construction lending. That being said, we had quite a bit of money that we had to throw in since we did completely blow our budget from our lines of credit mm-hmm. um, that are still out there. But um, we we kind of knew that that would be part of part of the package and part of what we were doing. And then we also did take out a second HELOC on this property uh, for the purposes of being able to go and reinvest into other properties. Okay, so it's like the ADU property, you're able to do a 30-year conventional as your your first mortgage. Yep. You went up to the 575 limits. Yep. And you just got a, a HELOC, same lender, 90% LTV. No, we actually did um, a local bank for this one. And did they do 80% or 85 uh, they did 80% on it. But they max out at 275, I think, is what. Um, yeah. Yep. So we have a second HELOC for 275000 We did use about 100 of that to consolidate some debt. Okay. Um, and then the remaining of that tree got is just to go out there and recycle and reinvest? Exactly. Okay, so I take it that the ARV came in where you wanted it to be? Um, it did. Where it we did. needed it to be. Where we needed it. A little yeah. shy of wanted it to be. Maybe. Yeah, we didn't have yeah. the the exterior completely buttoned yeah. up when we um when we closed on the first mortgage. Okay. And did you have to go through like five appraisals like you did in the eighty one? Just one. one. Oh. Just one yeah. on this one, which yeah. was nice. That was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you did that, and then what's the plan here? Are you guys going to stay in here for a year or two, then buy another place, or is this going to be... So this last move was um, the first one that we did with two children, and I don't know the the ratios with how much stuff you get each child that you have. It doesn't exactly... Oh, plastic multiplies. Yes, it yeah. does, and so I don't, <laughs> I don't know that we're on the two-year plan. I think that we'll probably... Um, stay put for a bit. Okay. So it's a good setup for like, so it sounds like a one-month, it sounds like a great setup for your family. I mean, it's an awesome location and then you got some, some equity in there you can go out there and, and use for other investments. Yep. Okay. And what's the plan with the equity, if you don't mind me asking, is that to go out there and if you're not doing, it sounds like you're not doing any more big projects, but he did mention me closed on a fix and flip this morning. Yep. Is yep. that kind of the main plan? Yep. And that was our down payment for okay. the the fix and flip. And so, um, yeah, we're in cash generation mode, you could say. Recapitalizing, uh, yeah. Yep. And so, um, yeah, just to recycle that as much as we possibly can. You know, ultimately buying and holding property um, is our, our goal. Just takes money to do that. And so... Yeah, so still focused on Denver. I think when I, we, in the last podcast we mentioned Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. own. Um, and and I think we're also still trying to just really nail down because we've got a couple paths that we could go down. Focus here, do more cash flow heavy stuff there, 
um, stay in the kind of the size and the space that we're in, or maybe grow a little bit. Uh, also very interested in um, residential assisted living and doing basic front end legwork on that. So flipping while we figure out the rest of it. <laughs> well, that's uh and it's just a standard flip, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing fancy like no. this yeah. project made you no, standard, standard flip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Cosmetic for the most part. Well, yeah, if you want to Kevin for these plans, you know, feel free to write a chapter in the 2021 book. Yep. So yeah. Get all the notes right here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pin it on to you publicly. <laughs> All right, so uh, I want to spend a few minutes, Mike, with you because I know right after, as we said, you know, you a big reason you bought this property was to utilize you having a good W two, and they went from W two to self employed, which yeah. makes you going from like a dream person for lender to like, oh yeah, talk to me in a couple of years. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you made that transition to get your real estate license, become an agent, and also just work, spend more time on building your guys' portfolio, right? Right. Can you kind of walk us through that process? Because a lot of I've, I talk to people all the time thinking about this or just about to do this, so it's always very helpful because there's a lot of people wanting to do what you guys have done. So, what advice can you give people out there? Great question. I think for us personally, and just what kind of happened in our lives in 2019, it it worked out fine, uh, and it needed to happen. Um, I don't want to say that I quit too soon, but the, I guess, let me take a step back. Recognizing that Kevin and I aren't exactly detail oriented. We were lucky that we were in software careers and um, we didn't really have to worry about money all that much, if I'm honest. And to to cut that in half effectively um, with some loose plans, but not really tight ones, mm. ended up being pretty stressful all while having... I mean, the two projects that we talked about here, but there were some other ones going on as well that we had working with some other partners. Um, And so I don't know that I recommend doing it how we did. Um, If there's an opportunity for people to maybe transition into a less stressful uh, W-2 job, um, maybe take a little bit less pay that gives them the capacity and time to go and uh, research, learn, and come up with a plan on how to hit the ground running. it's a it's a thought if you're in a financial position that you you know that you've got the runway and ultimately we did um, just really stress test it and make sure that you're you're comfortable getting uncomfortable um, and if you are then just take the time to celebrate your wins because it can it can feel hard and heavy and if you don't celebrate those things um, you can kind of lose track of why you're going through some of these pains. And something I've seen, can you speak on this? Because, you know, the income aside, what I've seen people when they go from like, you know, W2 to being self-employed or entrepreneur mode, what I've seen inside of the financials, if people don't have their plans figured out, like they're basically time blocking, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, I got, you know, I'm going to quit my job and free up 50 hours a week. And they're like, oh, I don't know where my 50 hours went. And right. that was one of my big things. I is I and I did was hey, I see other people make a mistake. I'm gonna go out there and make sure, hey, if I'm if I'm taking or if I'm adding this to my life, I know exactly where it's re-going. So right. how was that transition for me from like, hey, you know, W two is very structured. Yeah. You go from here, how did that structure change uh change your thoughts or how was that transition? Yeah. Because it, it's difficult no matter what. It is. And there's always learning experiences in there. It is. It it actually wasn't until recently that I was kind of freedom 
out of the construction stuff that um, was taking up a lot of my time. Um, so now I'm in a position where I need to have a little bit more discipline and do the time blocking. And um, to be honest, I, I do miss a lot of that that comes with a, a corporate job. Um, and so it, it's hard. Definitely don't discredit it once this whole pandemic is behind us. If if you know that you work, work better in an environment that's outside of your home, invest in that or find a coffee shop to post up in. Um, yeah, it's still something that I, I'm honestly struggling with a little bit. Um, and I think just kind of being, uh, I don't know, if humble, humble enough to ask for accountability, that's been something that's helped me is yeah. to just kind of lean on others because um, it can get lonely in your own head. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can also, yeah, you can get trapped in some some bad places too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lonely and overcrowded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> complicated. <laughs> so you got your, I mean, so now that the construction project's wrapped up, I'm assuming you get a lot more free time. Yeah. Roughly, you know, between you know being a mom, being an agent, and building your portfolio, kind of what's how are you chunking your time? Just like how much is going towards your portfolio? How much time is going towards your your agent business, your agent career? Yeah, good question. So the last couple of months have been really focusing hard on removing um, as much of the portfolio management stuff off of my plate. And so whether it's hiring a bookkeeper, property management, um, getting those uh, players, I guess, in place so I can free up more of my time to focus on the agent business. Um, And so it was more, I would say it was like 50-50. I am we're getting ready to do a flip right now. And so my guess is that that'll take up a good quarter of my time. Are you going to act as a GC on this one? Yeah. I can't okay. learn these lessons. <laughs> it's it's a lot more simple than the last two that we talked about, but yes, that's the plan. Okay. And did you get your license, just do your own deals or you got your license to obviously do those, but also help others and, and build a career that way? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Um, Why did you choose that? Because this is always a, a lot of people want to get their license, do like their one deal a year. And I, I yeah. think that's a, a poor return by behind curious, your thought process on there, because I have this conversation a few times a month at least. Yeah. Um, I agree that, it, it is a benefit to have it um, for our own deals. Um, if I'm, I love houses. I, <laughs> I think that we've just found over the last couple of years that I, I sincerely enjoy um, transforming homes, and so it made sense for for me to to get my license not only for us but to be able to help friends and family yeah. and to build that business. Um, I do feel pretty passionate about the the power of real estate, especially in our market that's super forgiving and is appreciating like crazy. It's um it's almost an opportunity to to print money just like the Fed does. And so why not why not? Yeah. And are you focusing more on just like an investor niche or or just helping friends and family or you or know have you determined that yet? Um I I think ideally it would be fifty yeah. fifty um where I'm spending my time and building content for um, marketing and just what I know and what I'm comfortable really talking about. It it is more on the investor side, just because that's what we've got experience in. Um, That being said, I think a lot of the skills are transferable into, um, into an average buyer or or seller. Um, I think that, 
you know, inevitably they're going to get a little bit of my spiel on why it's such a good idea to buy because of the investment background. But it's... I think a lot of people appreciate that, though, too, coming from like the, the investor mindset. It's just a very different perspective other than beyond schools and paint colors. Right, right. It's your forever home. <laughs> so how can how can people get a hold of you? I've got um, a website, so healy-re.com. And spell um, your last name? H-E-A-L-E-Y. Okay. Hyphen re.com. And we'll put the link in the show notes. I'm on Instagram, Micah9, and Facebook at Micah Healy. Double check that one. No, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, so you said it with so much confidence. Yeah. Um, and I'll throw one last thing out here. And I know you guys, uh, I'm going to ask forgiveness rather than permission. But before we hit record on this, you guys were talking about uh, maybe getting an intern or some help with some project management stuff. Yes. So, and we were talking about, I've found great help from just other people and become an ager investor. It's like, they may be able to say, hey, do this job for me. I'll pay you for it. And it's been a great win-win. And so if you guys are still looking for things and you guys are interested in what project management, investing, all that stuff might be worthwhile yeah. reaching out to you. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want to give it a more clarified detail, and I know I probably butchered the, uh, the well, I just want to throw it out there because I've had great success with that. And you guys are in that point too of getting more help and it's been great win-wins yeah well I, I don't think that's inaccurate we are looking for some support and um helping us get content created um a lot of the project management stuff some of the administrative um just kind of day-to-day keeping us organized with filing and whatnot and, and i mean absolutely on uh you know the analysis side Right. Running I mean, there, numbers. There, there'd be no shortage uh, of of items here. We've got kind of the professional um, roles in place with uh, bookkeeping and and taxes and and legal yep. and, and some of the like. And and now we're really looking for more of the real estate uh, focused pieces. So perfect. Uh, still looking to buy here in in Denver and and actively doing that. So yeah, no no shortage of things to to get done. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. This is this is fun. Might have you back on in six months to see what other projects you're doing. But definitely reach out if you guys have interest. I will put the links to show notes. So, Kevin, Micah, thank you guys. Thank, thank you, Chris. Chris.